After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter, and Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Import, Chicago, Illinois. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. Better call, baby, hey! You look like you want to say something, John. Is this what Joe Lacob felt like once he got Kevin Durant? Light years? <laughs> yeah. only, inj- only major injuries could slow you down from winning chips? What's up, everybody? It is uh, Saturday. Saturday evening. And uh, in the most nerve-wracking blowout in uh, NFL uh, playoff history, the 49ers just beat the Seahawks 41-3. to 41 points, a season high. 500 and... Was it two? 505 total yards of offense. I was going to try to do the math, and I realized it's, you know, on the... Been there, done that. On the podcast, it can be hit or miss, but they won by 18 points, so easily covered the spread. Cover the spread, yes. Uh, Brock has been named the starter by uh, the chat the <laughs> by a Raider fan in the comments. <laughs> Even he can't deny. Yeah, it's, do you, do it, was that game enough to tell Thomas Brady we're good, or does that does that live another week? <laughs> uh, the uh, the 49ers may was it may discuss Tom? Is that how, how was that report worded on Sunday morning? Uh, the the make may consider considering kind of is the way it felt. Do you know what's so stupid about those those type headlines? What? And, and we live in a clickbait world, and that's how a lot you know. Is Bleacher Report right? I think that that put that out. Uh, no, I, I no, it was like Breer or Rapshi. Oh, he threw it out. I just saw the headline on Bleacher. Yeah. You're right. They they aggregate it. They know what they're doing. <laughs> you know, they they take other people's information. They get it to right. them. Is like well, the conversations have been taking place all year long. Like you, you think John and Kyle just sit around and like, uh, shit, you want to talk um, politics? Like, what do you think they talk about like a random Wednesday night or Thursday night over steak and fucking uh, potatoes in their offices when they're sitting together? Like, they don't just talk about the other opponent and they're like, this, this what football front office played a game against the guy too. Front offices, sneaky, have conversations that basically parallel fans. They just have the ability to execute like, God, we should land this guy. Yeah. Like they probably have the same conversation or like, I want no part of this guy. They do have the same conversation. They just, they just have to factor in like, does he fit in the cap? Is he better than the guy we have? Like they're having the same conversation that everyone else is having. Right. Like uh, if, if a fan had come up to you in September, be like, I, we got to trade for McCaffrey. You'd be like, all right, bro. Well, just let me eat my hamburger here. And then John Lynch says it. Kyle Shanahan says it to John Lynch, and they do it. 
Exactly. In football and basketball and baseball, they have conversations that 99% of baseball fans like, we're going to take these seven prospects, we're going to trade for this, and like, yeah, no one can keep up. But in basketball, like, is it worth three first-round picks for Paul George, right? Like, well, is Paul George unhappy? Yeah. Should we trade a second, third, a fourth, and next year's fifth for Christian McCaffrey? Like, if you just had that conversation with a football fan in the middle of the season, like, hey, this is real. You want to, like, people would be like, no chance. I would not do that. Or someone's like, fuck yeah, let's do it. And somebody else would say, what are we even talking about, guys? This is stupid. Right? Exactly. Uh, all right, John, before we dive into things, let's tell the people. We are sponsored by the thing that John cracked at halftime of the Niners-Seahawks game. Tito's. Tito's, 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 Tito's handmade vodka. Whether in uh, celebration or not, Tito's is the way to go. It's a great remedy when the anxiety of, Seattle really going to win this game? And then you go, they might, especially after Jimmy Ward takes off Geno Smith's chest plate, and you look at your fridge and you go, it's time for Tito's. <laughs> and you head to the fridge. Felt like I halftime took a little bit longer than typically it does in the regular season. Maybe they had like five minutes for the playoffs. But um, can't recommend it enough, Tito's. Tito's and soda, Tito's and water, Tito's and Pamplona, all, all the uh, LaCroix. <laughs> you can go express I love them, the both run Pamplemousse. If you're going out tonight – you need a little pick-me-up because sometimes it's been a long day. You maybe had to work in the morning. Mm. Probably not. Um, Espresso Martini, go yeah. with Tito's. Yeah, absolutely. And ginger beer. I love a good ginger beer. Very refreshing with your Tito's. Or you can get something else going. Uh, you know. By the way, Sunday Sunday football game start at 10 a.m. Maybe a little uh, Tito's and uh, OJ. A little sparkling inside. I think a little sparkling, a little OJ, a little Tito's. Bam. I despise them. Because just the whole th- setup, but the Bloody Mary. Some people yeah. like those. With people Tito's. love them. People you like them. them? I, I do not. No. I, 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 I see them and like I wish I liked them. But they I do look cool like, with like bacon hanging out. That looks know? like something I would like to like, but I don't I don't like V8 or tomato juice. That's oh. let's with that. <laughs> <laughs> and the spice, all the spice, whatever. I distilled a bottle in Austin, Texas, 40% alcohol by volume, namely 80 proof crafted to be savored responsibly. Also brought to you by Draft Kings, John. Draft Kings NFL action continues one step closer to Super Bowl 57. The NFL divisional round coming up. Check out the DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. New customers can bet just $5 and get 200 in free bets instantly. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use the promo code HAM. New customers can bet $5 on the NFL divisional round. You can also bet it. Monday Night Football still going on in free bets instantly. That's code HAM only at DraftKings Sportsbook. Me? Me? 21 plus in most eligible eligible states. states, Plus age varies by jurisdiction. Eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com slash sportsbook for details and state-specific responsible gambling resources. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369. Void in Ohio and Ontario. Bonuses issued in free bets. One boost per eligible game. Opt-in reg. reg required? Ten pl- you go. Is that required, do you think? Uh, in, uh, I don't know. Ten, leg, ten plus leg required for 100% boost. Deposit, parlay, wagered restrictions apply. Eligibility in terms at sportsbook.draftkings.com slash football terms. It's not easy, man. Between yeah, the not- two of us. 
when we guy back in our radio days, when, when guy got funneled some of these uh, these deals on the side, and I didn't quite know what was going on. He just reading over there. I was like, yeah, probably pretty easy. And then you find out he's getting an extra five hundred dollars on his paycheck every week. You're like, what the fuck? <laughs> hey, man. Like you were there first. It. You were there first, but still, that extra cash, you know, you you, you and Alyssa go to House of Prime Rib, and I'm eating peanut butter and jelly sandwiches. <laughs> what are you going to do? We're here now. Long time ago. We're here now. All right, John. Let's just start by talking about the game we just witnessed, the 49ers beating the Seahawks. It was a bizarre game. It was a game that at halftime, like you said, you cracked the Tito's. It was easy to be stewing. Um they were can't really losing. Kick, can't kick it into the end zone, so they squib kick it, which I don't think that's a good alternative to kicking it in the end zone, but that's what they did. Jimmy Ward penalty, field goal from the Seahawks, and it feels like but the Niners just completely lose their cool here at halftime, and is this going to come back and bite them in this game? It didn't. It didn't. It, but. it, it was pretty nuts they were losing at halftime. Yeah. Right? If I just told you all week long, and listen, I'm guilty as anyone, didn't take this game that seriously, they're losing at halftime? whether it be by a touchdown, 10 points, or 17 to 16, that, that was pretty nuts. They were up 10 to nothing, and it felt like blowout city. Yeah. And then they were outscored, what, 17 to 6 in the second quarter. And like you said, that I think that squib kick and what it ultimately led to, because it's not that crazy probably if Jimmy Ward just touches them. They're down at the 50. Maybe they throw a Hail Mary. I think it was like knows? one second. You could argue even if they they had timeout, so they would have called timeout and thrown it to Hail Mary to put them in a position. That that squib kick alone had Hightower vibes, didn't it? I did. And it, you know, the reason I hated the squib kick, and I texted you this when it happened, is they got the ball like, what was it, the 45, the 40, the 45, somewhere in that range? Well, Gino can throw it. DK can go get it. I just hate giving them a 60 yard throw for DK. It turned out to, I guess, in some ways be worse. I don't know, but man. Totally agree. I mean, they, they were. That the, the Seattle defense, the first couple drives looked like, is this serious? Because it kind of felt like one of those overmatched college opponents where, like, I don't think they have the speed. They don't even have guys there. Holes are wide. Even for NFL standards, those holes felt really wide. Yeah. Christian bust the big run. Ayuk wide open. You're like, is this serious? Is this going to be a game? Quarterback got a little shaky. The 49ers defense got a little shaky. But to me, in, in that second half, when they score, they come out of half. To me, you're down 17 to 16, right? And it's like, okay, Purdy's been a little iffy. <laughs> you know, n- not terrible. Like, not like this is a joke, but no no means the offensive player of the month. Under 50% passing at halftime, 9 and 19. Come down, huge drive, great third and seven to Debo. You go up 23 to 17. Run the ball, John, on that drive. Run the hell out of the ball to 10 runs on 13 plays. So you immediately get back the lead, 23 to 17. You're feeling pretty good. Then Seattle starts driving. And honestly, guy, I, I'm just doing the math because at that point in time, it was like six minutes left in the third quarter. It felt like this game was flying by. You go, listen, I've seen these games where you might only get three more possessions total. If they take a lead and the rain comes in, shit could get weird. And then the fumble happens. They get the ball back. They score. And to me, that obviously – the game changed once the fumble happened and Bosa fell on it. Uh, and it felt like that when they fell on the fumble, but then to turn that immediately into points, and obviously they never looked back. They fucking rolled them. But up until that point, I mean, Seattle had everyone on the edge of their seat. Yeah, yeah. And even that, I would say... D'Amico, D'Amico specifically. Before. I mean, D'Amico, the, the Niners, Niners defense, defense felt like shell themselves. I, got, I was, I'm sure you were. I was getting texts from people who... 
you know, the Niners have been on TV a lot, but still the playoffs bring even a lot more people to watch them. They maybe casually watch them, but now are locked in or gambled on the game. I had a buddy who gambled on the game, picked the Niners to cover. He's texting me early in the third, I guess late in the second quarter maybe. He's like, when have the is the Niners' interior always this soft? Their defensive line? Like, what is going on? I'm like, bro, I've watched this same game a hundred times. Just, yeah, this is what it looks like sometimes. And um, I'll say this for this defense. They consistently, in big moments, have made some plays. And sometimes it happens when they're in their own red zone. Now, what helped, too, was the false start. The Seahawks got the false start on the second down play. It was going to be third and, like, five. It turns into second down and 14. No, it, 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 yeah, it was, thir- it was third and – it was second and f- – it was third – I kind of wrote it down funny. But, yeah, it, was, it turned it, out to be third and 14. They, yeah, they threw it downfield to DK on the second down, right? Yeah. Missed them. So then it's third down. Third and 14. And that was a sack fumble. And that was the and Omena who got a hand in. And Bosa kind of – offensive line luckily didn't see it, and Bosa fell on it. It was in that moment that I breathed semi-normally for the first time since they were up 10-0. Totally agree. And I, you didn't know that the onslaught was coming, but they never looked back at that moment. And they destroyed them. But you didn't know it was coming, but that is the recipe they've had in some games this year, right? Where it's like it is kind of nip and tuck, and then a moment happens, and then the avalanche comes. That was the one thing I felt okay about was that they were they were they were moving the ball and they were scoring. They were moving the ball and they were scoring. And once I saw them able to run finally and like commit to the run, and obviously, I mean, Purdy hit some big throws. We'll go through his game, but they committed the run in that first drive of the second half, and that felt good. Yeah. And then to me, once they got the ball back, you go up 31-7, then Lenore gets the pick, and it just snowball effect. And, and ultimately, Seattle, you know, their final record, if you factor in the playoffs, is going to be 9-9. Nine and nine. They had a fantastic a season. A fantastic season, though. Like, their, their, their season to me, what it symbolized, ultimately big picture macro, getting rid of Russell, the picks in the future, I don't know if you heard right before we hopped on. Did you hear the broadcast was like, you know, Gino has said that this is going to be a business decision. You know, he's not just going to do some discount for Seattle. It's like, Gino, if they want you back, it is by far the best situation for you, right? That situation is equipped with a running back who's sweet. Uh, uh, Offensive play caller, you know, I know they only, I guess they scored 23 because they scored at the end, but pretty clear Shane Waldron, like, is pretty good. Right, he's of the McVeigh. He runs the Shanahan scheme. They ran a lot of. They were doing it better than the Niners. That little play action dump off. You're like, God, no one's there. No one's there. And then they kind of bit, and then they hit the second level with DK. It it is a very conducive scheme. Like Geno Smith was 25 of 35 for two touchdowns. You know he, you can have success in this scheme. Now, if I was Seattle. I mean, big picture for the Niners, like it does feel like they're the most equipped, assuming they have another really good draft to kind of be McVeigh with them back. for the next couple of years. McVeigh is <laughs> Sean. Sean spent three days with his wife. It was like, see you guys Monday. <laughs> it took Brady 40 days. It took Sean two and a half. Guy, two and a half days. Yeah. yeah. Two and a half days. I'm back. Is that just as simple as he got a huge raise or? No, I, I'm telling. I mean, we can spend some time. I, I watched him talk when he talked about this the other day. Maybe it was Tuesday, and I just saw a guy who really was didn't know what to do. Was kind of torn. So, well, maybe, I think I wouldn't. Be, if you told me there was a story that came out that John Lynch told him, "Hey, man, it's 
I've done the broadcasting thing. Like it is not the same juice. And I think I saw somebody say, oh, I was talking to a buddy who was at the championship game. We talked to a Rams person there. And they were like, Sean just like Sean does wear himself out. I wonder if it's like taking some time to just kind of, a few days to just kind of sleep. It kind of refreshed him a little bit. Agreed. I think you felt it today. There was, I know he's old, but just there's something to Pete Carroll. It just kind yeah, of feels yeah. like you, you text me. To I, fire him. I, I think you text me during the game. He's he's underrated, and I think it's true. And same with Sean staying, because Arizona's going to be a joke, whatever they do. Like, it is important to me for just my love of this division. Like, I, I like having the bigger coaches. And losing Sean McVay for Raheem Morris would have impacted those two games. And has, still having Pete Carroll, knowing that their team's going to be competitive. Like, I, I, I enjoy, like, once this game got going, it got kind of tight. I'm like, I don't mind this. You know, I, I just, I, I'm the Seattle brand and just Pete and just even at the end, John Schneider on the sideline. Like, I like these characters in my life. Yeah, yeah. Because you know what you're getting from them. At a bare minimum, you're getting a fight from a Pete Carroll team. Like, you're getting a fight. One thing that Moose Johnson or maybe the halftime guys, like the 17 of them in the Fox studio said, and it made me a little nervous at halftime. Actually, it might have been Jimmy Johnson. He's like, Pete's, they have nothing to lose. I'm like, God, they're winning, and they got nothing to lose at halftime. I hope the Niners are – because you can kind of get tight at halftime. All of a sudden, yeah. you go, God damn. And they came out, and they scored. And that, they to me, Niners gave got everyone. Time. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. By the way, you're running through all the coaches in the league, John. You didn't mention that Cliff bought a one-way ticket to Thailand. Bangkok has him now. The great That's the first thing I – the great line from the hangover. Uh, so good luck to Cliff. But. I did some self-reflection. If I was in his shoes, he's more willing to live. Like if you were in those shoes, unlimited money, five years yeah. left. My one-way ticket probably is Hawaii. Like I, I don't know if I'm going. Yeah, Italy maybe for me. The you know one of those Caribbean islands where people go. The one where the houses are on the water. Exactly. Give me one of those things where I fall out of the uh, out of the little hut right into the water. I don't know if I'm willing to live. I, I might just go Hawaii. I kind of know what I'm getting. If I'm going to be there, really for a while. doesn't want to be recognized. <laughs> That's true too. Yeah. Pete, Pete probably taking one. Wants to ride ticket. around a tuk tuk. Isn't that what those little things are called? Tuk tuk. <laughs> oh yeah, on top of the elephant. <laughs> no, not on top of the elephant. Just getting dragged behind somebody's bike. Mm, that's true. Um, yeah, I thought I, I, you know, it was actual adversity, and that was one thing Daryl Johnston said during the game too. Like I could tell Moose has watched the Niners because he's like, you know, all the adversity that Purdy's had, like it's kind of. Ah, that was a good lesson, adversity, but it hasn't really been high-risk adversity. And he doesn't mean in his career. He just means in the individual games they've played this year. Like, the Raider game got sketchy, but they'd already wrapped up the division by then, you know? I thought it was an interesting point. Musu, by the way, Alyssa made the point we're watching. She's like, is the guy that's talking right now the same guy with the white hair that we saw on camera? And I said, yeah, same guy. She's like, he sounds so young. I was like, Moose does sound really young. I enjoy Moose. He does sound young. Didn't love his suit today, but... Yeah, um, the hoodie. It's all right. Yeah. Al Michaels would be like, bro, what are you even bothering with the jacket for? Just wear the hoodie. Even the jacket wasn't really my cup of tea, but listen, I, I respect Moose. He's come on on our radio show back in the day, <laughs> and he knows what a champion looks like, and he's right. Like, I mean, I, I obviously Purdy, but I even say the defense. I think ideally, if you're going to have a first-round game, if you would have just told me 41-23, to 23, like... to. Get to this morning, you text me. You go, listen, uh, the football god came into my dream. He looked me in the face. He said, the Niners are going to win 41 to 23. 
I would have been like, God, they probably wouldn't learn that much. Yeah. It's actually ideal where the first half was a disaster. You get to get on Purdy's ass, despite him having statistically at the end of the day, we'll get into him, but definitely the defense's ass. I mean, they were giving up touchdowns. D- Charvarius was kind of in some trouble. Greenlaw had a terrible angle on a play that led to an easy touchdown. Some of those weird wildcat plays were giving them problems. And like you said, there, there were plays just up the gut runs that it's like, where are these guys making tackles that are usually there at the, and part of it is Kenneth Walker might just in five years be like, you know, he was top two running back for three year stretch, but he was taking a couple guys for a ride after like he was not going backwards. Well, no, the first carry of the game, nine yards. I went, Oh, 15 of 63 for 4.2. Like, I don't think does quite justice what I witnessed. Like that guy's good. Yeah. God, yeah. he's big. That's the kind, he's huge. the kind of guy, right. If he played for Kyle and was playing with a lead in the second half, he'd easily end up with 28 carries. Young fella can play. Young fella can play. Yeah. They, between between him. Yeah, I'd say between him and DK. It's hard. Like, are you like lighting up your DBs? I mean, when DK cares, like who's really stopping him? I mean, then at the end of the day, Ward's a really good player, but not fucking Revis or Deion Sanders. Like if DK's on, he's going to win more often than not against your best, right? I thought early Diamador Lenore was actually playing well. I mean, DK had some plays on him, but Lenore was right there with him. Uh, and then Ch- Mooney, you know, made the play on that second and 14 in the end zone where he kind of jumps. He said this a couple times where he jumps. It feels like he jumped early, but he got a piece. But then the ball was just hanging there. And I thought, well, is DK still going to make a play on this thing? Yeah. I mean, I actually think there's something to be said for, it feels kind of good to beat a team when they have a guy go off like DK, because look at the rest of the playoffs. Like you're probably going to keep, just you're going to have to beat teams who have great. I mean, Justin Jefferson. I mean, they, thank God the AFC's a whole. You could get anybody in the AFC if you got to the Super Bowl, and they'd have a guy. AJ Brown. I, I mean, it's just yeah. You're going to have to play really good receivers, so that's going to be part of the deal here. Kenny Galladay. Kenny Galladay. <laughs> I didn't think he plays, <laughs> but, but if the Giants win, you don't play them. So. You know, like yeah, if yeah, the right. Giants win, that means you probably get CD Lamb or Mike Evans. Oh, if the I would, Giants I, beat the Vikings, got it. Yep. You, you know, so you either getting Justin Jefferson, Mike Evans, or CD Lamb. And I would probably put CD Lamb third on that. Mike Evans, yeah. Forgot That's about my yeah, song. You got three touchdowns going games. down the sideline. Yeah. I wouldn't just write them off as losers. Um, I thought the crowd looked pretty good. Hard to tell. Rainy. Felt good, yeah. Did you tell me that uh, the Glazer said they flew down? That the Jed flew the Seahawks ground screw guy down? Yeah, I had. Uh, I never, and I'm not acting like I'm too good for it. I just am doing other shit. It comes up on you fast. I, I don't know if people listen. Typically, watch that nine to ten Fox show. <laughs> I just I did let, today for the first time. I, that's what I'm saying. I watched it today for the first time, and Glazer came on, and you know. It feels like during the season he does inactives and actives. Like, bro, I got Twitter. Uh, and I, and listen, I like Jay, but oh. he, he did drop that the 49ers flew in Seattle's groundskeeper, which makes sense because they were supposed to get the bomb cyclone. They flew him in before probably the Seahawks even came down. I would guess they flew him in a couple days ago to help with the uh, mitigation of the turf. But Seattle, that stadium is turf, correct? Yeah, it's not grass. Fish. Right. So, like, what's Half he on their practice field? Yeah, it's like, what? Hell, John's like, this guy dominates our practice field. Maybe he does you the know. Mariners too. I don't know. 
<laughs> I don't know. There's stadiums nearby. What if he's like, hey, Jed, man, I just, it's just turf. <laughs> <laughs> What if give me an office? Yeah, yeah. Tell them you're in charge of the grass. Yeah, yeah. Tell them you're in charge of the grass. <laughs> yeah, see if you can get their practice script. Yeah, try and get some plays. Bizarre. I bizarre game. Bizarre game in the end. Uh all right, let's talk about Brock. Yeah. Who is who isn't talking or texting about Brock Purdy? Um, they spent a lot of time on him in the pregame, obviously. When it was all said and done, let's give you some Brock. Some Brock Nugs here, John. I asked, I was just sitting here thinking before we started, like, who, how many rookie quarterbacks have thrown for three touchdown passes in a game, in a playoff game? And we only had like five, you know, four minutes before we started this. So I, I didn't have a lot of time to dive in the research. So I, I thought the best thing I could do was just send a DM to our buddy Josh Dubow from the Associated Press. This is what he said. Brock Purdy is the second quarterback in NFL history in his rookie season to throw three touchdown passes in a playoff game. The only other is Dak Prescott. Brock also rushed in a score. So Brock is the first quarterback in his rookie season to account for four touchdowns in a playoff game. If I, you could caught that crazy pass at the end, then Brock would have been the first rookie quarterback to throw four touchdown passes in a playoff game. Not playoff debut, playoff game. Some say crazy pass, others say dime. I mean, wild play, <laughs> wild play, but a little bit of the Seahawks being gassed. <laughs> yeah, but wild play. And uh, do you want me to show the the? You want me yes, to please. Okay. And then there's this one from Grant Cohn, Joe Montana's first playoff start, twenty of thirty-one, three hundred four, two touchdowns, one pick, one hundred four point eight rating, thirty-eight points. Brock's first start, eighteen of thirty. Okay, Joe was twenty of thirty-one, eighteen of thirty, three thirty-two more yards, four touchdowns accounted for. Zero interceptions, 136.6 rating, 41 points. I wrote this down. My halftime notes was Purdy was below average. Purdy was a roller coaster. And then the final drive, you know, when they got the ball back late in the first half, I said, what will they do? And in the first play, they hit Ayuk. And then from there on out, he was doing all these runaround crazy Patrick Mahomes plays that did not lead to anything but like, oh, my God, Brock, what the fuck are you doing? And a couple times, Moose, who again played with Troy Aikman, was like he could have just stepped up in the pocket, which we said, what was it going to look like if he got weird? And it's hard to say because even today, he looks calm. His facial expressions look like, he's is he sweating? He has like this Kawhi vibe. No reactions which i appreciate but it's hard to like he doesn't look scared but his play was off not just nine of 19 but balls kind of flying around thrown in windows that probably had no business was just was the worst did you hear on the broadcast when they said that kyle said to them that brock played his worst game last week yeah that was his worst half especially when you factor in the importance of it it, it was a roller coaster ride. But, and to me, the biggest difference of this, what they got right now, a quarterback, and really all the Jimmy days, he fucking makes plays. He scores touchdowns. So even in the first half, right? This final, the, the score at halftime is 17 to 16. Well, think how many plays he made down the field. Obviously, he threw a touchdown. He threw several other passes that got them into field goal range. He makes explosive plays. And then in the second half, obviously he plays much better. He's 9 of 11, 
throws several touchdowns. Now, some like Debo took the one the majority of the way, but he was really good. And the pass to Mitchell for the touchdown was like, I'm sorry. I, I, I thought there was a point when the game was 31 to 17. So like they score 23 to 17 and they get the ball fumble back and they drive again. I think if Jimmy Garoppolo version of that performance that far, it's probably like 19 to 17. You're holding on for your ass because he does not generate points. So I, I can live with, and, and I think this is what like Sean McDermott has learned as a defensive coach. What I bet back when Lamar was healthy, Harbaugh learned. Obviously, Andy just li- loves this mindset. Make shit happen. I can live with some mistakes. Favre, as Holmgren and Andy and those guys that were around Favre, like, I can live with a pick if you throw four touchdowns. This guy accounts for points, guy. Hold on. Let me get my list here. Mahomes, Favre. Any other superstar postseason quarterbacks you want to mention? Listen, it, it feels weird because I almost tweeted this. And I was like, you know, I don't want everyone talking shit. Like, Kyle has found his Mahomes, and it sounds yeah. crazy or whatever. You throw up the stats. I do the math here right before we hop on. 33, 35, 21, Thursday night game. 37, 37, 38, 41. In his start slash the, basically the game he started, played the whole thing, they have averaged 34.5 points. In math class, they would tell you to round up. That's 35 points a game. They are an explosive offense. Their, their defense is no longer just like shutout, shutout, shutouts. When they play Minnesota or they play the Eagles, like those teams could score 25 points, maybe 30. The Niners have a chance to win all these games because their offense, led by this quarterback, can generate points. We've always known like Debo can do it, Kittle can do it. Obviously, now Ayuk can do it. McCaffrey, no problem. McCaffrey, fastest run since 19. Even Maria was like, isn't that kind of crazy? I'm like, well, a little skewed. He didn't play much for two years, right? It wasn't like... Fastest run since 19. Well, do you see that 60-whatever-yard run was the fastest he had ran on that thing since 2019? I'm like, well, if he had played 16, 16, 17 games, I'd be like, that's something. But he played like a small amount of games for a couple-year period. But regardless, you have unlimited amount of weapons. And this guy, even when it gets weird, and today got weird for a minute, can utilize them. I mean, I don't know what else to say. You're scoring points with this little cat. You know, so it sounds crazy, right? You said, like, that tweet you thought about tweeting, he found his Mahomes. But when you go back to his press conference before the Trey Lance draft pick, he was talking about all the great quarterbacks and guys that can do all kinds of things. And I think what you and I have talked about a lot is – what would really help Kyle, who was a really good play caller, is that sometimes a quarterback makes a play on the field that makes up for whatever play didn't work in the headset, right? And that's what Mahomes does for Andy. Now, Mahomes does it as an incredibly high level. Josh Allen does it at an incredibly high level. But if you just define it as that, a quarterback who makes plays when the, the original play isn't working, that is what he's repeatedly proven. Favre, Roethlisberger. I mean, you can go yeah, through a lot of the naming, great if you, guys. If you just gave the definition without naming guys, it wouldn't sound that crazy. Then you start naming the guys that do it. Well, they're the guys that start in the NFL for a long time because they help make their coaches better, right? They make their coaches better because the coach can't control everything from the sideline. And he had multiple scores like that. that t- two of his touchdown passes today were kind of get out of trouble, spin out, and then voom, just find Elijah Mitchell open, and then he runs it in. McCaffrey made a really nice catch. Same, it was the Mitchell touchdown, and the McCaffrey passing touchdown were kind of the same, right? Get out of trouble, find something, and then throw a laser to turns out probably one of the best running backs in the league who can also catch. He's got two of them. It's a great play, it's a touchdown. 
but you have to be able to see the field and you have to physically be able to move out of trouble. And that's the thing with Jimmy does not, this is not about Jimmy necessarily, but you really, to me, when you compare the two of them, you see that when the play breaks down, it felt like Jimmy's opportunity for a mistake went up. When the play breaks down with Brock, he's he's actually made a lot of plays pretty consistently. Listen, you've been talking to offensive coordinators and offensive coaches for a decade. I, I've watched these press conferences, been around these guys. What gets their juices going? And they get excited when they say, listen, when this guy, I love how he keeps his eyes down the field. Yeah. Right? Because a lot of guys, when they scramble, they kind of look down. That, to in football terms, to me, is freaking out a little bit. Like, I got to look down. I got to gauge where I'm at. Guys that can keep their eyes down the field. I mean, Russell Wilson became a Hall of Famer, right, by doing it forever. Scrambled around, eyes down the field. Deshaun Watson did it. And again, I'm not comparing Brock to this, but he has that attribute. Well, He's rattling off. If we just do a continuation, I know it ends the regular season, the playoffs, but he had 13 and four. So now he's got 16 and four. And another rushing touchdown. Like he his his stat and his ratio is stupid. I mean his 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 touchdown to uh pick ratio right now in his seventh start and eighth game versus his sixth start and seventh game, whatever no. is sixteen and four. Six start, eighth game, seventh game. No, no mathematician. That is a four to one ratio. That's correct? really good. Well, if I at the beginning of the year, you remember we went through some and I'm I'm not making a tray point, but we went through like what would be a good season for a tray. You know, like what would be a good season for a rookie quarterback? And I'm guessing if we went back and watched that video, we probably said touchdowns like 19 or 21 or something like I that. I think you were lower than me just because in this league, I, I kept kind of skewing toward 25 plus, and you kind of thought that was Might a little bullish. Me. Yeah. And, and I just think that would have been bullish for Brock, might have been bullish for Trey. Because part of my whole take was like, I, I don't draft a guy that high to not get, you know, around 30 immediately. Maybe we said 28. But I, and I don't th- and I don't think games. we did. I mean, I, I think you were hoping for 21 and I was hoping for like 26. And yeah, it, it turns out, you know, I mean, this guy's on pace. This guy'd be on pace for well over 30. But but part of it was in my beef with the low number. I remember arguing was like, there's too many weapons on this team. And this was always the knock on Jimmy. It's like, yeah, is Debo Chris Carter in the red zone, red zone or Jerry Rice? Of course not. But if you can get him the ball, the 50 and in, he can make shit happen. Kittle is a red zone target. Ayuk's probably even better than we thought. I mean, he's fantastic. Juwan Jennings is a threat, and then Christian McCaffrey wasn't even on the team. You have all these red zone magnets, the guys that can make plays. You just got to get them the ball. Not everything has to be that crazy scramble to Ayuk, Patrick Mahomes, Brett Favre style. I mean, that was... That was icing on the cake tonight. It was actually just a lot of keep play alive kind of and then just do a little dump down. Patrick Mahomes and Josh Allen, sneaky, do that a lot. That's part of their greatness. Like You don't get to 40 touchdowns in a year. Not all of them are like 40-yard seeds, right? Some of them are just, was it last week? Was it the Raider game? Remember when Patrick Mahomes had the scramble and then like last second just did that? Like If you can just do a couple of those, four or five throughout the season, and then on top, 20 of your just normal red zone passes, and then another 10 explosive plays. That's how you add up to a lot of plays. Jimmy didn't have the capability to me. His athleticism was clearly, how about the Hezzy run where he did like the Kenny Pickett? Like, I'm going to stop. Just kidding. The high step. (laughs) 
I did not think he was getting a first down on that play. You know what my what my thought was uh, was that the guy chasing him is Cody Barton. That as that play was happening, I was thinking the guy chasing him is Cody Barton. That's the guy that hurt Trey Lance. Butcherbox.com slash ham and another special deal. Free for a year. You get salmon, chicken breast, or steak tips in every order for a year, plus an additional 20 bucks off right now at butcherbox.com slash ham. Been telling you about it for years. Been eating it for years on a regular basis. Easily find high-quality meat and seafood. You can trust 100% grass-fed beef. Free-range organic chicken, pork-raised, crate-free, and wild-caught seafood. Always be prepared with meat in the freezer when you get butcherbox.com slash ham delivered right to your doorstep with free shipping. ButcherBox is offering you free for a year plus an additional 20 bucks off either salmon, chicken breast, or steak tips in every order for free. Sign up today at butcherbox.com slash ham and use the code ham to choose your free offer for a year plus get $20 off your first order. What's up, everybody? It's your old friend, John Middlecoff. I'm here to tell you about our friends at Game Time. Here's what I need you to do. Go to your smartphone, download a little app called Game Time. Baseball season's in full swing. Oracle Park. Been there a million times. Never doesn't live up to the hype. Go get yourself some garlic fries, a brewski, maybe uh, some ice cream. They have very good Ghirardelli ice cream there. And when you do that, Promo code HAM. So download the Game Time app. Your first pair of tickets, promo code HAM, H-A-M, save $20. The A's, only going to be in the Bay Area for the rest of this season. You probably can basically go for free. Just buy a pair of tickets to any baseball game. They also have comedy shows if you want to check one of those out, or concerts. Game Time app, promo code HAM, save yourself $20. We don't even need a thank you. Just hammer that promo code. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. Our bodies come in different shapes and sizes, so doesn't it make sense that our weight loss plans should too? That's the beauty of Noom. They build a personal plan that factors in dietary restrictions, medical issues, and other personal needs so your plan works for you. Noom doesn't restrict or shame when you want to treat yourself. Their flexible program focuses on progress. Instead of perfection, you don't have to give up carbs or anything. And with their daily lessons, you can learn something new about your food choices every day. After just a few days of using the app, I learned how to recognize cues for overeating and how to choose the right foods to feel full. Stay focused on what's important to you with Noom's psychology and biology-based approach. Sign up for your trial today at Noom.com. That's N-O-O-M dot com. And check out Noom's first ever cookbook, The Noom Kitchen, for a hundred healthy and delicious recipes to promote better living. Available to buy now wherever books are sold.
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You made the play. I mean, I was... Cody Barton, a Utah guy? Yeah. Cody Barton is a Utah guy. Cody Barton, 464. So that's, you know, he's not like elite 450 for a linebacker speed, but 464 is not slow. And Purdy was pretty comfortable with a guy that I, I listened to. One of Pete Carroll's press conferences were like, not that they had a come to Jesus moment, but there, I think there was a moment in the season. He's like, yeah, Cody wasn't playing well. We have a lot of trust in the guy. He did a lot of self-reflection. I guess the second half of the season, Pete was like, we were very, we were comfortable. Like he was he started killing it. We love this guy. Utah guy, it makes sense. Like Pete, those guys' mindset would be the same guy. But Brock's spatial awareness to a guy who's not some 4'8", 40 guy, that was pretty impressive. And he slowed him down a little bit with the Hezzy. Yeah. Uh, the other thing, first half, they had to use two timeouts because the play clock was low. First drive, they had to use a timeout. And then the last drive, they had to use it. The last bad. drive before the half, they had to use a timeout. So they would they their last timeout. And that was, you know, that's okay. Rookie quarterback. And as you, we were texting halftime, you know, how's he handling the pressure? Uh, he definitely missed him. The first throw of the game was, was I don't know, wild. The throw to Jennings, actually, the last drive of the half after he hits Ayuk, he airmails the throw to Jennings again. He had the, I don't know, a miscommunication. I don't know what exactly was supposed to happen on the Ayuk throw into the end zone. He was yelling at Ayuk, Mac Jones style, like like Ayuk did something wrong. I think sometimes you just scream when you screw up. Yeah. <laughs> but then you could read his lips. He was like, that's on me. So I don't. Um, but yeah, that was that's. Sometimes what rookies look like, I guess, but I don't, it didn't look to your point. Like it's not what it felt like was happening. It didn't feel like he was playing like a rookie necessarily. It's funny. I, I had a, a buddy texting me during the game who played in the league. He's like, I'm trying to figure out who Brock pretty reminds me of. And kind of half kidding. I replied, Russell Wilson, <laughs> kind of kidding. He was like, well, Russell doesn't, you know, Brock doesn't run like zone read shit like Russ did. I was like, I know I'm, but in a way, again, it's not Russ. But to me, it's 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 the best kind of bare minimum mobility. Like having a guy who can break off a 30-yard run is great. But bare minimum, you just want a guy that can operate in a short area, make some big guys miss. You know, for all the run around he does, what did he take, one sack today? Yeah. You know, he did have, they, like you said, the two two plays <clears throat> in the red zone where he, where he like rolls out. And, but he also makes plays. Like I, I – he makes more plays. Well, part than of his success, like you said, the bare minimum, he could not function if he was a bad athlete, right? Yeah, a, a huge yeah. part of his game is athleticism, keeping plays alive. And he is clearly much faster than I think these guys realize when they get kind of close and he kind of runs away. He is a I, – I think you're underselling him when you use the word bare minimum mobility. He probably has solid – like not – you know – no, I'm I just would kind of put him. Like, in a is there a much difference of him and Mahomes' mobility? J- mobility. Mobi- yeah, you're saying like tight area mobility. 
I'm I, they kind of similar kind of keep plays alive. The difference between them would be like what Mahomes arm can do when he's in that moment. I, I'm just talking legs, not arms. I'm, yeah, I'm not legs. saying he's the bare minimum athlete. I'm saying what he does like it, from an athletic quarterback at the minimum, you want a guy who can move behind the line of scrimmage and make plays. But yes. I'm not I think he's above the bare minimum. Like I'd say was Romo kind of the again, bare minimum of an athletic guy behind the line of scrimmage. Yeah. Brock's Alex. better than that. He he, his sneaks are not. He needs he needs the push on the sneak from behind. He's not quite the sneaker that Jimmy was. But and luckily they've changed that rule and you can do it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And he want and he won a playoff game. He won a playoff game without ever looking rattled. I don't think he. What well, I don't think he just won a playoff game. He accounted for three touchdowns in the passing game, and in the second half when it really got nut cut in time, was slicing and dicing them. Right, nine of nineteen. Well, he went 18 of 30. So I'm no math major, but that would be 9 of 11 in the second half, which would equal 18 and 30. So 9 of 11 in the second half, just throwing darts and hitting guys. There were a couple throws in that game, and to me this is another big difference he has with Jimmy, is on the one, a third and five or third and seven where he hits Debo coming across the middle, and Debo gets a lot of credit for a great catch but he puts it in a spot where only Debo can make the catch, but it's not like too far where he has to dive and then it just would have hit the ground. It's not behind him where if he has to stop, he gets tackled. It is just his accuracy in big spots consistently is pretty freaking good. Like hitting guys in stride, specifically today with Debo on multiple routes on big third and down. It's one thing, yeah. right, when you they ran that play, which clearly they had schemed against Seattle's defense with Ayuk coming across the middle of the field a couple times. You get a little time. He can put it out there. He's fantastic on that play. But I'd say most quarterbacks worth their salt in the top 20, if they're not getting pressured, are going to hit that play. It's another thing. When a guy's coming across on a third and five or third and seven, you put that in a spot to let that specific player, too, get room to keep moving. And obviously he, we'll get into him a little later, was fantastic. But Brock put a, two passes on third and five, and I think one was third and seven. Yeah, the third and seven was Jonathan Abram tried to tear Debo's leg at the end play. (laughs) I was like, oh, Jonathan Abram. Shit. Same guy. (laughs) I thought you were kidding. I I thought you were just using symbolizing. I I, I kind of. It was Jonathan Abram. (laughs) (laughs) That's who it was. I was like, perfect. Actually, that 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 belongs. I, I think, you know, this is the kind of team where. Um, Pete and John Wood like that guy. Uh, Oregon, you remember, I don't know if you remember Oregon had a final Oregon's final four run a few years ago. Basketball team that when Peyton Pritchard was a freshman point guard, true freshman point guard, and he, and he helped lead them to the final four. And it turned out they had Dylan Jordan Mitchell, Bell, Jordan Bell, Tyler Dorsey, Dylan Mitchell. Like they had all these pros. The job of the job was just, hey man, like we're a final four team, Peyton. Just play defense, hit some open shots. And run the offense. And he was a really good dribbler. He was not like replacement level. He was a really good player. But I think that's part of the deal with this team, right? Is It's easier said than done. Oh, we got these great players. Just get them the ball. Well, it's easier said than done. But this is what, what you saw today is what it looks like when you when you have a guy who can just do it. I'm going to dial you up seven yards. Just take the seven yards. Right? I, I mean, I, I don't. I don't know what a batting average on fastballs down the middle is. I'm sure it's really good, but it's not a thousand. Like most guys just can't hit the fastball down the middle a hundred percent of the time. You just can't. 
Well, in football, you only get so many chances. You don't get 700 ABs over the course of a season or whatever the number is, 500. You Like in a playoff game, I dial you up an open guy. We got to hit him. And yeah. Kyle did dial him up a lot of open guys. Right from the hit, jump. And he but, hit most of them. But I'd even say, like, Kyle trusts this guy more than any quarterback we've seen. Yeah. Their aggressive nature in the rain was pretty. So part of my Kyle found his Mahomes is not saying Brock Purdy is Patrick Mahomes. Patrick Mahomes is going to go down more than likely health willing, a top five player maybe in like the history of the league. God, Trevor Lawrence keeps throwing to the other team. Brock Purdy, though, for Kyle, like Kyle was just looking for, can you be mobile, make some plays in my offense, and I'll scheme a lot of stuff. I'll get us open. We got a bunch of sweet players. That's all. Like Andy's can like, I we're going five wide. You? I need you to make sweet shit happen. Can I Can I try and help you define it? Yeah. What, what Kyle found as Mahomes means is Kyle gets to call whatever Kyle wants to call. Which That's he what, hasn't been able to do for a long Which time. he hasn't been able to do. So let's talk about the big picture because I think you're right. Like when you watch the first two plays of the game in the pouring rain, he comes out, drops back, airmails a ball to John Jennings. It's like, oh, my God. And Kyle, the next play goes, eh, let's throw it down the field again. Drops back over the middle of Brandon Ayuk. And I did the uh, the Leonardo DiCaprio from uh, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, jumping up on his couch, kind of coughing, pointing at the TV. Like, Matt Ryan recognized that offensive coordinator, right? He probably hasn't been able to recognize his old OC for a while. But that, I think, is what you're talking about when you say he found his Mahomes. Like, but- that – he, he's able to just call a game unencumbered. But I'd say this, part of a belief in a player, <clears throat> it's one thing to scheme it all week like that, which he wouldn't have done for the other guys. It's another thing, and you hear this like if you ever listen to like Steve Kerr press conferences or just watch the Warriors over the years, unfazed by when his the Splash Bros are struggling. They will call plays for those guys, and they could be 0-50 from three-point range. At the end of the first half, on the first play, it's 16 to 14. He calls a pat. Purdy has looked very sketchy. You know, if you told me, listen, we'll just go to halftime down 16 to 14. Uh, is that 16? To, am I at the right score? Um, I, no, yeah, it, I guess it was 14 to 13. Excuse me. 14 to 13. We'll just run the ball a couple times, maybe punt, take some time off. I know they got, they got, uh, they got timeouts. We will just try to play. 16 was the halftime score. Yeah, but it was 14 to 13. And then leading into the last drive, they force a punt. Gotcha. And yep. then they get the ball back. It's 14 to 13. If you just told me, go into halftime, you're down one point, but you get the ball at half, just ease it in. He yeah. And Purdy had been struggling and kind of doing some weird shit. Like it just, I don't want to say the moment was too big, but he definitely was not stepping up in the pocket. He was running around and it was, it could have led to a couple disasters. Not even that he's dumb enough. He throws the ball out of bounds. But, like, bro, you could easily get sideswiped by Bruce Irvin, which is pretty crazy that he's still in the league, and you get thrown around. Because one thing that's pretty clear, like, Geno's much bigger, and a couple times they fell off. Like, when they do grab the little guy, he does go down. Like, he's not – part of his game is not going to be Josh Allen, Roethlisberger, breaking tackles right and keeping plays alive, even though he's able to keep plays alive with his legs as long as you don't touch him. And he's luckily quick enough to get away. But Kyle called pass play immediately on that, what we thought was going to be the last drive of the half, and then the fucking squib kick happened. But his belief in this guy, I I don't think I, he would call it any differently if we went back and just looked at the drives with Matt Ryan. He is calling these drives like he has just 
un, just I don't even know. Like uh, no question no about this guy's ability. Yeah. 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 It looks different. It just really looks different. I mean, it's and it's so obvious. And it's honestly the first two plays of the game, I thought, is Kyle trying to make a point or is this just who he wants to be? It's easy to forget, I think, what he did in Atlanta offensively when you watch his Niners teams. Like that that's the same guy as this guy. The guy with the lead that kept throwing the ball in the Super Bowl, right? Because it doesn't feel like it's part. It feels but, like, but it behooves you in football in 2022, 2023, moving forward to push the ball down the field, rules wise. And most teams have good receivers and, you know, that are good. Yeah. Right. Yeah. The Niners, too. Right. If you're right. a good DK. coach, which he is with multiple talented players, it's silly to play within five yards of the line of scrimmage. You shouldn't have to. And we saw it today. Like you start moving. We saw it with Seattle. Yeah. We saw it with Seattle. You start stretching the ball down the field. Like there are just. Tanner Muse, there's going to be a mismatch somewhere when you have McCaffrey, Ayuk, Debo, Jennings, Kittle, Juszczyk. There are mismatches to your advantage on every field. doesn't matter who you play. Every team they play, it should happen, provided that the team is afraid if you push the ball more than 12 yards down the field. It's really incredible. And I think it goes back to your point of, like, you don't need to be Lamar Jackson. You just need to be able to make plays off script. He has now th- he had three passing touchdowns in the game, John. No interceptions. That's critical. Jimmy's career postseason numbers: four passing touchdowns, six interceptions. So Brock Purdy already has one touchdown away pass from tying Brock Purdy uh, from from tying Jimmy Garoppolo in postseason production. Think about that. He's a much better player than Jimmy Garoppolo, and Jimmy Garoppolo is solid. He's much better. And there were rumors today about the Tom Brady thing we hit on the beginning. Like, here's what I know. Like, for a fact, after today. Brock Purdy's a starting If they get Tom, you know, things could change. But, like, the other quarterback that's on this roster, who was drafted number three, and they traded, people say three first-round picks, they traded two because they used the pick on Trey. The third one was used on him. He's not starting this offseason or leading into next year if it's just those two guys and some other veteran. He can't beat this guy out. There is no way that you would. He's not going to get the chance to. Yeah, it's it's not happening. There's no rigged thing. Like if anything, it's Brock Purdy's the starting quarterback. Like you you do what you do today. Like like you said, how many quarterbacks just do this in general? Like you're Dan Marino, you're Joe Montana, you're whoever. You throw three touchdowns in a playoff game where your team wins by double digits. That's a fantastic game. I, I mean, if we just look at like Rodgers and Favre and Mahomes and. Like Josh Allen, remember when they lost that devastating game to the Chiefs last year? When he yeah. threw five touchdowns, like this is his story. He threw five touchdowns, five. You throw three. He also ran for one. He fucking literally accounted for four touchdowns. All this guy does is help you score points, and your offense now feels like the most potent thing in the league. Like part of why Jalen Hurts became a star and was like, God, the Eagles, they're just all in on this guy, is because they were scoring points all over with them. Right. Like it's not. Was it always pretty? Is Jalen throwing darts like Josh Allen? It doesn't always look like that. The whole point of the sport, everyone loves using these stats in basketball, football, and baseball. We get so deep, balls deep in these analytics. The goal of the game is to win. And then when you're winning, like, how does it look? And when you're winning by a lot consistently, I'm sorry, like, that's the whole point of this whole deal. Well, but also when you watch the Niners' defense, as good as it is, and you and I have talked about this, like number one defense in the league, that you might have to score points to win. Like today, you didn't need as many as they got, but you might have to if you want to win a. Here's what I know: if you want to win a Super Bowl, now the NFC, we'll see what happens if you 
get that far and you play the Eagles maybe. But if you want to beat the teams that come out of the AFC, you can't do it scoring 19 points and hoarding the ball in the second half, right? No. I, like you but, can but, get to the dance playing a certain way. You cannot win it playing that way or at least not being capable of scoring. You does this can't. sound does this sound crazy? I feel pretty confident. I know it was only one playoff game. <clears throat> like I wouldn't mess with Tom. Like he can't move. He's 46 years old. Oh, is it crazy that I was like, I'd rather sign Andy Dalton, Brock Purdy's my starter, and Andy Dalton and, and Trey Lance battle for the second job. Because at the point in time we're at now, Trey Lance is now competing for spots. Yeah, you'd not, have to think you're that not cutting him or anything, but he's not. If they brought in a guy like I'm I'm just using Andy Dalton as an example, like they're competing in training camp. Brock Purdy is running with the ones. I think the thing that makes it the, the thing that makes you question yourself the most is that you've already passed on Tom once and you think like, God, I don't want, I don't want to be the guy that makes that mistake twice. Right. He's but four years old. No, no, I know <laughs> you would have to think that what Brock is doing isn't real, but you, like you said, it's only one playoff game. We've been saying that for six weeks. Ah, it's only one game. It's only two games. It's only three games. It's only four games. It's only five games. It's only six games. It's only seven games. It's only a playoff game. Okay. Well, he keeps doing it and it doesn't, it looks real. Like that's the thing. It's it's not manufactured college offense for Brock, right? It it's here's I think the point to me the the exclamation point on it all is that Kyle is coaching the way he's always wanted to coach. Like that the part for me that really <clears throat> felt it with Brock is Shanahan is coaching differently. He was coaching differently with Trey Lance, but not the way not differently in the way that he wanted. To. <clears throat> this game's already started, but is there any of the three games tomorrow or the Monday night game where if I told that fan base, that coaching staff, or that quarterback before the game, will you sign up for right now three touchdown passes and a quarterback run sneak that accounts for four touchdowns? So you yourself are going to count for 28 points. Yeah. Would every single would every single quarterback, offensive coordinator, and fan base sign up for that? Absolutely. How many three – I mean, I don't want to keep going down the Mahomes – how many three touchdown games? How many four touchdown games has Mahomes, Mahomes had in the postseason? But that just feels like what he does, right? That's just that's just what high level quarterbacks yeah, is like what, what they bring to the table. You know, it's like that's their pitch. I'm just coming with two touchdowns and a run, three touchdowns and a run. Like I'm I'm bringing shit to the table. One, and, two, three, four, five, six, seven, with three passing touchdowns. One, two. Two. He had a run against Tennessee. I remember two, the long two one. playoff games with, um, well, I guess three. One with five, five four, okay, four. He had two five touchdown passing games, and he had two other three rush, a uh, three passing, one rushing. So he's four versions. He's done it four times. And in played twelve in, playoff games, he's done it four times. That means, do <laughs> the math, is eight times he hasn't done it. Guy's a machine, though. He is a machine, but. <laughs> But he's the that's best. That's a good game. I'm just saying what Brock just did would be a good game for Patrick. For, that's a good game for Bra- that's a that's a f- great playoff game. There is not a 49er fan, Kyle Shanahan, John Lynch, Adam Peters who refuses to interview any fucking other person you saw on the sideline tonight that wouldn't sign up for that before the game started. He's going to throw for three touchdowns, no picks, and rush one in. That if I would have told you that before the game, that was going to be his production. You would have said the Niners win by they cover the spread. 
And that's you look at the score, and obviously the game was a little bit more of a roller coaster, but like this is all you want. Like this is what they wanted when they drafted Trey Lance. They just kind of in a weird way lucked into this, but they're averaging 35 points when he plays. And I do love his body language. Not love some of the plays, but I love that he doesn't. He's like, whatever, next play. He's kind of got this maturity to the way he carries himself. Yeah, it it feels like you can easily see him being a leader on a team that has a ton of leaders. In fairness, a guy that's been in the league for 10 years, I like the way Geno carries himself. I see why Seattle likes him. He just feels like the real quarterback, like – Impressed. Like I texted you during the game, like Derek Carr isn't coming to take this guy's job. Yeah, to me, it's just financially. Now, are people there was a report really before the game? They they do the thirty. They'd tag him for thirty. They would. You know, there's a report before the game that the Seahawks would consider tagging him a thirty or would tag him for thirty, whatever. And like, would he ultimately turn down three for eighty with forty guaranteed or something? How know? would anybody pay him more than Seattle would be willing to pay him? They should they should like him more than anybody else likes him, right? What it has written all over it is. You get paid, and then all of a sudden they draft Will Levis. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, or he doesn't have that year over again, right? That's possible. For sure. Ben on the stream says, Purdy has he an escapability due to his elite 10-yard split. 155 is the same as McCaffrey. Lamar Jackson's 1.54. Remember, we looked that up a while ago, right? And I think that really shows in his, obviously, Lamar, when he gets out, he's Michael Vick, he's Kyler Murray. But that ability to keep plays alive which the Ayuk plays fantastic, the Hezzy plays fantastic. He can just keep plays alive, and he can get away. Now, Seattle doesn't exactly have, you know, Miles Garrett, Nick Bosa, and J.J. Watt running after you, but Bruce Irvin's 40 years old, still chasing people. On his third stint with the uh, Seahawks. Making plays in within 10 yards is way more important with your legs than making plays 40 yards down the field. It's just yeah, it's crazy. Um, Debo matters. If I said Debo, speaking of speed, Debo and McCaffrey race, who do you think would win that race? Uh, I, I think they, I, I think they, I think they, I think they run similar speed. Maybe I'd give the slight edge to McCaffrey, just running, no ball, ball in the hand. I think Debo is one of the faster players in the league. That touchdown again that he made a bunch of plays before that, but again, you watch him score these touchdowns, these long runs, and you go. How did he just run away from everybody? What about a two, those one crosser went right, one crosser went left, and the guy's all over him. The ball's in his hands. Immediately, he separates like he hits a turbo boost. The, you, you, we were talking about this beforehand. The first catch he made on the crosser that turned into a first down was a great catch because he really had to get out for it. Fantastic. The second catch was a great, I mean, a good catch and a great run afterwards. Um, and that was the play we mentioned on the third and seven when Jonathan Abram brought him down. But when he was gone... You know, I you you watch him and go, oh, they they can be okay without Debo. They got McCaffrey, Mitchell's back. They got, but then when he's back, you realize that nobody quite does what he does. You know, it's McCaffrey's great at what he does, but nobody quite does what Debo Samuel does. It's just no. he's one of a kind. He he really is, and you know, I, I got to take. I don't want to say the L, but I apologize because. We were talking about it last week, the one big picture guy that you could probably move away from. And there is just a different level to games in the playoffs than games against Arizona and some of these random opponents. And that takes nothing away. Like, Ayuk's ready. Kittle's ready. It's not like those guys can't dominate. McCaffrey can dominate as well. 
but there is a level in which Debo, like you get Justin Verlander in a playoff game, like I'm going to bet on him against whoever he's pitching against. Max, sure, like you just there's something with pitching for sure, and it feels like Debo has this Draymond Green, you know, in a big spot. How much do you trust the guy? And I don't know. Because it does feel, and we were just talking about, like, rank DK, AJ, and Debo, which is probably going to go down as the greatest trio of second-round picks in the same draft in the history of the league when it's all said and done. And it always feels, unless he's going on one of his crazy runs, like, well, Debo would probably be third for the majority of the league. And, and even so, it it is easy for most teams to implement the other two guys. But then you watch a game like tonight, you're like, I fucking think every team would take this guy. <laughs> you know? <laughs> every single team. And I said, I don't think there's a team in the league that would trade a first-rounder for him. And you watch tonight, you're like, yeah, there is. I mean, he's just he's too dominant of a player. If it it just if he's trying, he's just better than his opponents. And, and this isn't just obviously Seattle's defense statistically is pretty shitty, but we've seen him against it doesn't matter who he's playing. He can run guys over, he can run by guys, he can make plays. Like you're run lining him up in the backfield. I'm like, I fucking love this. Get the ball to 19. I, I get fired up in big games when I see him lined up in the backfield. 100%. Unlike the regular season where I'm like, oh my God, here we go. If you told Kyle he had to give I up, see you, for, Kyle. Forget about trading a first for him. If you told Kyle you had to give up a first to keep him, he would probably do that. He what I think run. What's pretty crazy, guy is. I mean, this is not trying to walk, or I'm not trying to run before we walk here. But all these guys are in a contract, right? The whole offensive skill squad is. Yeah, they matter. Yeah, Debo, Christian, IU, Kittle. I mean, that's you check. Trent, is there a? I mean, not you said Eagles I, don't. The obviously Ayuk, I didn't. But Juwan Jennings, a restricted free agent, he's not going anywhere. There's not a team in the league that has a better like long list of guys. Maybe the top guy you could argue is the best, right? A Justin Jefferson. A, you could even argue AJ Brown. What? But it's like you you go to like get to number five. Like you would take the Niners five or the Niners six, and that's where you just felt it today. Even like God, Elijah Mitchell's their seventh best player. Jesus Christ. That's where the quarterback comes into play, too, is like when you have all these guys in their prime under contract, because Trent Williams' prime apparently is like a 15-year prime. His prime, he got older, he's better. Um, Doesn't feel like he's trying. He's like a Bond Bond actor. He just kind of goes like like this and holds you out there. He's like, Brock, throw the ball, man. I got just You can come this way, man, if you want to come this way. (laughs) Uh, That's why the quarterback play is so critical, because how often do you get this collection of guys? But... Debo's uh, Debo's final line today. The only play which we've seen, it's still the Debo deep shot in one-on-one coverage still doesn't hit much, but that's okay. Debo, the, re- in, the DB made a great play there. Debo yeah. might have laid out and caught it. DB also didn't really bite on the route. Uh, yeah, I mean, no one's confusing him for Marvin Harrison as a route runner. Three for 32 on the ground, six for 133 receiving at a touchdown. Now, is there ever going to be a receiver play, that's going to have more touchdowns and be like, God, I bet this guy was just hitting bombs. Like, no, actually, he just hit like crossers. He took it 70. Yeah, he just <laughs> ran a lot, ran really far. Yeah, they threw him pitches and he ran by everybody. Wait, he just didn't run go routes and posts? No, he actually never hit one of those in his career. And he ended up with 75 touchdowns. The other thing was they got him like this was a good number of touches, right? Nine or I guess nine touches, but he actually three more targets. But you saw in the first series, uh, the only – I guess Kittle didn't touch the ball in the first series, but Debo did, Ayuk did, and then McCaffrey got the ball to start the second series. Like Shanahan made a real effort to spread it around, I thought, early in the game. 
And he did. He did it effectively. <clears throat> I I didn't think Debo was going to get asked out in the playoffs, <clears throat> but I think we talked about this last week. How do you get everyone the ball? It's not that hard. Because <laughs> one thing they do, they do just run, <clears throat> run a lot of plays to basically Debo, Christian, Kittle, that are relatively close to the line of scrimmage. And I guess Kittle also can go deep, but Ayuk is really, in Jennings, the only guy that multiple times a game Brock is throwing it 15-plus yards down the field to. Like, how many times Debo, they ran a wheel route to him, they pitch him the ball, they run they run crossing routes for him, right? They just keep him close. So it, it how does he not going to get the ball? Because that's just going to be a play. It's a very quarterback-friendly play. Yeah. Right? I mean, I Joe Montana the- and Steve Young threw a lot of slants to Jerry Rice. Yep. I love the play where they just all of a sudden they'll throw McCaffrey in the slot and Brock takes like the one step drop and just throws a bullet to McCaffrey. And he's just a really good, like the one thing they're all really good catchers in tight windows too. like Debo for not being your prototypical receivers, a really good catcher. Yeah. Christian's obviously a very good catcher. Mitchell's a good catcher. Um, They're just really good catchers. Debo's a fantastic catcher. God, he's special, man. Mitchell's pretty solid. If he's your, Six best weapon. Your your changeup. I mean, he was one of their best weapons last year, and clearly he's getting knocked down the rung because Ayuk now is better. The quarterback can throw him the ball easier. You know, you add McCaffrey, so he, Mitchell just becomes a backup again. You made it to the conference championship with Mitchell being your starting running back, and you riding him. And that now, granted, he's been injured, but still, I mean, he had what? He had nine carries. Nine carries, two yards. It didn't feel that bad. It didn't. Sweet. No. Well, they tried the one, the toss, where usually hits that thing hard for nine yards, and it it wasn't. But um, Seattle made some good open field tackles today. Seattle, the one play where the Niners they they ran. I forget who the run was to. I think it might have been Mitchell. They pulled. I think Kittle, or maybe Usechek, and another tight end. Yeah. And both of them just run right by number 10. Close to. Yeah, and he just gets to, like, crush them. And even Moose was like, yeah, I don't know if everyone's on the same page there. Moose goes, uh, if you see another color, hit it. Don't No, he goes, don't run by another color. Well, I mean, one thing, I mean, you learned this in high school football, let alone the pros. Like, if it crosses your face in a block, whether you're an offensive lineman or a guy in pass pro as a tight end or running back, you're supposed to take it. Right? You can't let it cross your face and, like, uh, it's coming, guys. <laughs> you want to run me? You want to uh, run me down the list of uh, 49ers coaches postseason wins? Yeah, so we got Walsh and Seifert, who are tied at uh, ten wins. Obviously, multiple Super Bowl winners. You know, Walsh won three. Seifert sneaky. I, I feel like our generation probably give Walsh that fourth, and Seifert just gets the one when we were like ten years old, ninety four. He actually got the second because remember Walsh bounced. Uh, 89 or 88, and see, forgot the second one of the back-to-backs. Well, Jim Harbaugh, who was right behind them, those guys had 10 wins with five, obviously one of the great little stretches in NFL history, five playoff wins, three years. Taking Kyle a little bit longer, but he's been to the playoffs three times, so the same amount of playoff appearances, right, three seasons, now has five victories. And I think passes him officially in win percentage, 
and, and who knows? I mean, Kyle would have to, you know, if Kyle were to win ne- or lose next week, they would have the same record, five and three. If Kyle were to win next week, he would then be second all time behind George and Walsh. I guess it would go Walsh, technically. You wouldn't put George ahead of him. Walsh, George, and, and well, then you Kyle Shanahan. might put George ahead because his percentage is better. He was 10 and five, and Walsh was. Oh, no. Never mind. Yeah, I don't know. Walsh was 10 and four. So George Seifer was damn good. You know, I don't think he quite gets the credit. No one ever mentions him for a guy that won multiple Super Bowls. Ne- I have not heard one guy go, you know who doesn't get the credit he deserves? George Seifert. <laughs> you know, I never heard in a football argument, even with older people, never comes up, guy. People be like, you, you don't understand. Joe Gibbs, that guy could coach. Like, what about George Seifert? Remember beating him? No. Who? It's it today was a pretty big day. Five victory, five playoff victories. And you could argue just the last two years. In 12 months, three playoff victories. Who's I mean, depending on the opponent, what is he next week? A five point favorite minimum. If you had what to rank the him. Vikings? Okay. Would Vikings be the lowest or the Cowboys? Smallest number, I think, would be well, it probably would be Dallas just because there's a lot of Cowboys. If you give you can't give the Cowboys fan, Cowboys too many too many points just based on the volume of bets you'd probably get on Dallas. Uh, assuming the uh let's say the Vikings squeak it out. They don't win by a lot. Is that a 6-point line? Or is that too big? Uh Yeah, I mean the Niners just won 41 to 23, so 6, you know, 5 and a half, 6 probably isn't crazy. 11 straight victories. Five and a half. Yeah, 11 straight wins. Hottest team in the league. Brock looks good. Everybody saw it. If the Giants were to win and the Cowboys were to win convincingly, I could see that number being like four, four and a half. They Maybe. did play last year. I, I, you know, Kyle's had a lot. Not only has Kyle Closest had season wins, but game that wasn't that close I've ever seen was last year. Which wait, which one? The one where Dak takes off slides, they didn't have timeouts. Remember that? Oh, yeah. Do I remember that? Are you kidding me? It confirmed everything I continue to believe about a Mike McCarthy coach team. You know what's wild, too, is Kyle just won a play, his fifth playoff game. He did it with the guy he started at, uh, at the beginning of the season was his third-string quarterback, and it's like not even close to his craziest playoff game. Trevor Lawrence is throwing pick after pick oh. after pick after pick. Like, it was just, like, to me, part of what's crazy about winning with your third string, if I said you're winning playoff game, you want a playoff game with your third string quarterback, you'd say, well, you probably had to put that thing together with duct tape, or your defense was probably really dominant. Defense made some plays, no question, but I... I it's weird, right? Because when you use the word third string quarterback, it, you know, diminishes the player who's clearly pretty good. Like, he's their starting quarterback now. He's a pretty well, good player. I don't know, man. I... Clearly, he's better than most third stringers, right? But he was the third. He was in a battle for the third string job in camp. That's what happened. Yes, I'd say he won it by about mid camp, though. Yeah, he won it, but I mean, but again, like he was the third string quarterback. He just was. Now you're arguing what that Iowa State's great, like a no, 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 no. The Big Twelve. You're you're right. I mean, in in the history of the league, when a guy starts your season as the third string quarterback and you win a playoff game later that year and then are favored in the second playoff game, that that's a pretty incredible accomplishment. Yeah, Trevor Lawrence wishes he could have Brock Purdy's game. <laughs> For sure. Hurt Purdy. But, but ultimately this guy took a lot of shit and rightfully so 
from the sense of his record because the first two years were really pretty terrible. And honestly, if it wasn't for that five-game win streak at the end of, uh, what was it, Jimmy's, for the year he got traded, that number could have been a lot lower. <laughs> he was way under 500. Yeah. Now yeah. he's well above 500, and he's just rattling off playoff games. Rattling off playoff games. So you start rattling off playoff victories. The number one story Monday Night Football is going to be like, Mike McCarthy's going to lose in the, the wild card round back-to-back seasons. Like, just winning a playoff. Andy Reid became a legend before he ever won a Super Bowl just because he was winning playoff games all the time with the Eagles. Like, this guy goes to the NFC Championship all the time. Jim Harbaugh is still talked about a decade later. Dude didn't win the Super Bowl. He went 5-3 and three in the playoffs. But it was like, God damn, all those playoff victories? All, all you play, you know, everyone wants to win the Super Bowl. Of course. Most people win, like, one in their career, and it's incredible. If you're an all-timer, you win two. Or you're George Seifert, and you're in that class, but no one considers you to be. Oh, like Tomlin, you win one, but then you never get under 500 either. Exactly. So I I think that they are in – it's gone incredibly well for the 49ers organization, for Jed, and most importantly, Kyle establishing himself as like, I'm the fucking real deal, fellas. I was going to look up Mr. Who Refused to uh, Quit and is Returning – but I would guess Sean has six playoff victories. Now, one of those, and he got seven. Sean McVay, Super Bowl champion, seven and three. So in 10 games, he's seven and three, 700. That's fantastic, right? It's why, like, the hype on Sean to me is not overhyped. Like, Sean McVay is a real deal. If Sean McVay became a free agent tomorrow, like, legitimately, like, you didn't have to trade the Rams or whatever, he was just on the open market there would be a handful of teams who wouldn't hesitate firing their coach. Well, who would get more in compensation? The Rams or the Saints for Sean Payton? Sean McVay. Yeah. And the Rams. I think one thing that's similar about them, too, when you see a guy coach without a superstar quarterback, this is where I know Bill's got a lot of shit for everything that's happened post-Tom. I do think going to the playoffs last year, being on the verge, now he's the one that picked the OC this year. I'm not saying this has been overly impressive, but you know, he's been pretty competitive with Mac Jones. I think more competitive than a lot of teams would be. Now, we'll see. Mac is demanding a trade to the Raiders or something like that. Uh, per story. That have, well, I don't know. Some I don't have the exact verbiage, but there was some story on Friday that was like, Mac, I don't know if it was Mac said he's not coming back, but basically Mac wants to go to the Raiders to play for John <laughs> Daniels. Uh, you know what my thought was? Between Derek Carr and Mac Jones, the Raiders have more quarterbacks that want to be their quarterback for no apparent reason than they deserve. Like nobody wants to be the Texans quarterback. Nobody's ever proclaimed. I want to be the Texans quarterback. The Raiders are going to have back-to-back quarterbacks that would choose to be there over everywhere else in the league. It's wild. If Mac, when Mac, let's just hypothetically say somehow that happens. The chances that Mac Jones is a better Raider than Derek Carr. And we can nitpick Derek Carr. We want like, is a bet is going to be slim to none. I would say he's under. Yeah. I'd say we're not going to bet on his coach again. No, Josh. I just think Kyle is now, I mean, he already had, but he's having a pretty good little run here and doesn't feel like it's slowing down. Because when you talk big picture, he's got all these guys coming back. I, I know someone just, someone tagged us in something like, they better take care of it this year because I got some free agents. Yeah, yeah, like if your free agents are like Jimmy Ward and Ebucam and Mike McGlinchey, like, I mean, 
I got all the guys that they have under contract, they would keep under contract and choose those guys, right? Jimmy Garoppolo. How about Tayshaun? How about Gibson, by the way, who get they signed because Jimmy gets hurt in camp. Now that that's a free agent made, I would like back. That tackle he made on the Geno run play early in the game where 10 guys were going right, except for him, who was like coming across and read Geno. It was a th- it was the first series of the game, third down. Kyle, that's the other thing with Shannon. How often do you see the tackle? Now, granted, a lot of guys that use a stiff arm are good running backs. You tackle the the stiff arm and just yank it down. Kind of Gino, Gino got yanked. Yanked. That's the other thing with Kyle, right? Is he's not just a guy who cares about his offense. Now, I, I don't think someone tweeted like Kyle Kyle shouldn't have gone with the squib kick. And my thought was like, I don't think Kyle called the squib kick. I don't think Kyle is involved in that decision. Maybe. I where I, I would wonder if the special teams coach goes, Kyle, I'm going to squib kick. Kyle's like, cool, do it. Well, yes, yes. Kyle, I like the squib kick here. We this is the situation. He's like, okay, go with it. Yeah, yeah. But Kyle is not overturning, overriding. I don't believe it's like. Remember what we talked about in that special teams meeting on Thursday night, Kyle? What do you think about the squib kick? Like, no, it's like. Well, it's I'm taking a deep here, Kyle, and Kyle's like, no, squib. <laughs> That's not what happened. Yeah, do what we worked on on Wednesday afternoon in special teams practice. I, I think one of his signatures is that he really cares about defense. That's one of his signatures. That is yeah. part of this. If you're not going to give a shit about special teams, you have to love defense if you're an offensive coach, right? So I'm, I'm cool with that. Yeah. Like, I think the knock on like the, a lot of the college guys that are quote-unquote offensive guys, Chip, historically, Mike Leach, RIP, Lincoln – like, do they even care about defense? Like, that, that is a legit knock on a lot of those guys. Like, their their coaches say it. Their fans say it when they watch. Like, do we practice? Right. It, I think Sean falls under this. Clearly, Sean McVay values defense. Right? I, I like I like offensive coaches. I don't think Andy spends much time at practice with the defense, but he's like, yeah, Veach, go sign sweet dudes on defense. He wants to he wants to allocate resources over there. I you can take more. I can take less. Turn them into more over here. Go sign a D lineman and a safety. You know what I think it comes down to? And you've worked in college in the NFL. Would you would you say that practice time is very precious to these guys? Definitely in college where there, I mean, I guess there's rules on both, right? How much you can practice. It's just you can't practice for five hours. Like the guys don't have the energy. So you you do just have a finite two hours or 145 yeah. or 220 so- and and I would say an hour of them are immediately allocated to like some individual stuff, right? Just the, like the fundamentals of your craft that you don't really get to do football stuff. So you have to make decisions when you practice and you have to decide like, what am I going to prioritize? Cause I can't do everything. And I, and my guess is most offensive coaches don't make sure that they spend time in practice, establishing what kind of physical team they're going to be. And we've been to a, a million Kyle Shanahan went to the Jim Harbaugh ones. There's only so much. I mean, there are rules about what you're allowed to do. Pete Carroll, right? Famous, he gets in trouble for it. Niners have gotten in trouble for it. Physicality and practice. John like, Harbaugh. To me, like, that, that says a lot about who a coach is, it, like an offensive coach. Does your practice get physical? Because I, I, I don't blame – I think it's easy if you're a coach. Like, I don't have time for this. I, we just got to run this offense. Defensive guys do what they want. And I think it is reflected in the way the way your team plays. If you don't really take defense seriously in practice, there's no question that they well, do. Take defense do you think seriously. Trevor? I almost said Trevor Lawrence. Do you think Cliff Kingsbury, his teams were ever in danger of getting fined in a in an early June practice for hitting too much at the line of scrimmage? Doing Maybe if like Buddha did something out of character, but outside of that, no. It, so it's like 
you just rattled off guys that are pretty, especially Jim or excuse me, John and Pete, like people that know him, they're like, these guys are fucking nuts. I part of being a good defensive coach, like you got to be kind of crazy. It does feel like Kyle's a little nuts, despite being an offensive guy. Like nuts. He looks Honestly, like he's, he's going to come out of his skin sometimes. Yeah. He was pissed off a couple times a day. It felt looked like. How do you not wrong. call that bullshit? Was the line on, on the Abram play? When he yanked. Yeah, Listen. I saw a lot of people tweeting about a face mask that got missed, but the Niners hit a big play on the next one. I didn't see it. I, I get why Ken- Debo was mad. I didn't think like he he did like a grab and roll. Yeah, I think like he was an did- alligator. No, <laughs> I thought. Did you think you um, McCaffrey scored on the play before Purdy snuck it in? I thought the overhead view. It looked like he crossed the plane. Yeah, I I don't mind a mindset of like, well, I'm not going to challenge, and if you guys ain't going to challenge, let's keep rocking and rolling. Yeah, second down. It. Let's just hurry up and put this thing in. It could have been one of like, is the upper deck going to challenge, and no one challenges, and all of a sudden they're wasting a timeout like that. That would have been a Jim Harbaugh team. You're just kind of waiting, like, are they going to challenge? Is is the referees going to challenge? And then it's zero, and the quarterback's looking over there, and then they're going like this. Yeah, you'd rather be indignant about the fact that they didn't challenge and just do the right thing and score. Yeah, I mean. Don't they review scoring plays? But if they don't call it a scoring play, they don't have to review it, huh? Right, right. So you would have to throw the flag on that. Yeah. So honestly, you get screwed. Like if they would have called a touchdown, they would have immediately reviewed and they might have moved it back to the one, but you wouldn't have to waste your challenge. It probably was at the time, you're like, God damn, this is going to be a tight game. Do you want to risk challenges on timeouts? <laughs> I mean, I. They felt like because it was only the. the, the they were at the zero yard run. line. Yeah, it was a first down run. He had picked up like a yard and a half. So they'd gotten a push. They just hadn't gotten enough. And then they got the push they needed. We went for the Bush push being like one of the most controversial plays in football. Like, you should not be allowed to do this. To that just being an overwhelming, everyone shoves everybody now. Unfair to the defensive lineman? Honestly, kind of like it. How about Kinlaw making a play earlier in the game? Destroyed him. Forgot he existed. I was like, okay. Kinlaw's got a good gig. You know, he's get he gets first round money, top 15 money. He doesn't have to practice. He just gets to play. 17 snaps. That's a guess. I don't know how many snaps. That feels high, actually. It did feel high. I if I had to guess Kinlaw's snap count, it, it'd probably be closer to like 12. Because when they go when they go passing downs, they don't mind going a lot of the thinner guys inside. Like they'll go their amoeba packages where it's like Ebukam, Willis, Armstead, Bosa. Like, they got a lot of long, linear guys. Did it feel like they lined up Ar- Bosa on the left side next to Armstead a lot more today? I'd be lying if I said I was super locked into where Bosa, like the, the uh, formations of the group. I read there was an article in The Athletic today that uh, about McCaffrey that uh, he got a speed from his, from his mom, Lisa, is basically the point. Her dad was like a silver medalist Olympian. And yeah. she was on the Stanford soccer team with um, Julie Foudy. But I guess she ran one time a 40. She ran a 4.8, and Ed ran a 4.69. <laughs> so she could fly. She could fly. And she, she got sick after she ran. It turned out she was pregnant when she ran that 4.840. <laughs> so you're telling me that Ed McCaffrey, who I'm guessing is a 10 plus year NFL vet, it could be well over. And a Stanford soccer player who ran a 4840 while she was pregnant produced a bunch of D1 athletes and potentially one of the best white running backs we've ever seen. Shocking. Definitely an all pro level, yeah, stud. 
he does feel a lot body type like Bosa. It's like, can this guy be any more jacked? Doesn't he just feel more jacked than he's ever been? He was not that jacked in college. No, I mean, there's no way that he was, but he was just a ball a ball of muscle in college. Yeah, he looks. I would say I feel like ten pounds thicker from even some of his like early Carolina days. These last couple so? years, I, I wonder on. if just more time rehabbing in the weight room. His arms look pretty big, bro. I don't Huge. want to say like Khalil Mack arms, but they are they're, big they're ass kinda, arms. It's like a mini Igadala. I mean, Igadala's thinner, obviously, but just like the definition. Did you notice? Maybe only bald guys do. Bosa took off his helmet. I'm like, is he receding a little? I didn't see that. He, he keeps his he keeps his hair pretty short. Maybe he knows. If he the does, one, smart man. Honestly, the one I'd like to sit down with pre-gel is McVeigh because Sean goes like way forward on the sides. It just makes me wonder, is there something going on here? Or is that just, you know, there is a style where guys just do that. You think he can put out some power alleys? I don't know. Yeah. I don't know if he's if he's 380 down the alleys or 425. It is pretty park. nuts that there has never been a documented picture since he's become pretty famous of non-jail Sean McVay. Like, what does he just look like without things in his hair? Like, you right now. Hard, you see, how does it not exist? Hard knocks. Did he put his head underwater when he was shirtless in the pool? Probably not. I don't think he did. I think he was. I think he was above, yeah. Pete got a haircut this week. I don't know if you noticed that. No, was it was it scruffy? Did you no, know? it just looked he looked a little looked a little tighter. Does Pete even look remotely close at seventy one years old? Like this guy's ready to call it a career. Is no. Pete Carroll more likely to be coaching at eighty five or retire in two years? I'd be like, hey, he's probably going to coach at eighty five. Will he be coaching longer than Sean McVay? Honest question: Does Pete make it to eighty? How old is he right now? Seventy one. <laughs> I'm gonna say no. I'm gonna he, say he's has that happened? Besides no but, coach at K State. Was the coach at K State on the sidelines at 80 plus? Oh yeah. <laughs> Which like Bob, Bobby Bowden was pretty old, doesn't it? Toward the end. Oh, I don't know yeah, quite. What about Marv Levy? How old was Marv? <laughs> so yeah, I don't think Bruce Snyder made it. Bruce is 83 now and his last year at K State was eighteen, so he. I don't think he made it to eighty. He did so not. B- Bobby Bowden died last year, ninety-one years old. Last coach Florida State in two thousand nine. So if you do the math, in two thousand eleven, he would have been eighty-one. He coached right to like seventy-nine, and I remember at the end, like Bobby's got to go, man. This is, but Bobby didn't quite ever feel body type. You know, doesn't quite age as well when you're a little longer, skinnier. I think I've read Pizza Vegan. He he just looks fantastic for his age. Like, is Kyle's going to be thin and tall when he's that old? But is he going to be? I, I just think it's very bouncy. very difficult to have that much bounce at that age. Yeah, well, it's just like Kyle's not as bouncy now. Bill Snyder, not Bruce. Marv Levy was 72 his last year in Buffalo. Somebody said Turno. Is, is his wiki still? Uh, I, I think you'd be hard to get Bobby Bowden 79. I would guess Paterno. I'm going to go 76. RIP. Uh, uh, depends. What, pre, you know. <laughs> so we no, he died in 12 at 85. His his last year was 11, so he was at least 83, if not 84. Will that Remember ever be he, topped again? If you had to place I, a bet, <laughs> I don't think so, man. 
I mean, it's insane. I think that I think that'll be a record that stands for life. Eighty-three coaching a power five powerhouse, never happening. I well, what if Nick didn't want to tap out? Like, does, if Nick, if they, if they don't never won, if Nick Saban never wins more than ten games again, when's the first year where it's like, you know, Nick, it might be time. Does he have minimum five year grace period no. today? You don't think he's got a five he goes year four grace straight period? years without ten wins? Does he have no way? You think they'd like fire him? I think they would. Something would happen. They would. He would leave. It'd be hard to do, right? They're probably too talented to not have like a ten win season. Just think about like that. Means let's just say. Oh, let's do, let's do this. Let's do this. They don't. Po- they don't game. make it. Let's say. Let's say it this way. They don't make an SEC championship game for five straight years, meaning they're not making the playoffs. Yeah. Well, there's twelve. Teams. Well, you could make the playoff in the future, but yeah. I think if yeah, I think if he's not going to the playoff, he's not coaching for. If he, you've told me he's not in the playoff for the next five years, he's not coaching year six. Does Kyle get another extension? When was after last this year? year? I remember like two years ago. He's got I mean, multiple yeah. six years. Depends, right? If you go to the Super Bowl, that's an automatic extension. You think so? I think so. Right? I mean, who doesn't get an extension when they go to a... Yeah, I mean, he would. you just make him the highest paid coach in the league. You know, it's funny. When you watch a football game with people that don't know all the specific rules, they go, and it kind of hits you, like back to the Purdy thing of... So does Purdy get a raise when he's when he when he's a starter or like next year, like when he becomes a starting quarterback, does he get a raise? Like no, he's actually just his contract. Here's what it is: it was seven fifty this year, it's eight fifty next year, it's nine fifty, and then it's one point two. He just that's just his contract, no matter what. And part of the advantage you have moving forward, and this is where even having Trey, like your quarterback room, once Jimmy get you get rid of Jimmy, is seven plus basically eight fifty. You know, it's nine million dollar quarterback room. That is a really, really powerful thing to have. Yeah. Right? Uh, yeah, extremely. Because Rock this will... Sponsors. I mean, Zenny, probably not. That's Kittle's territory. Adobe, Kittle's territory. <laughs> uh, I could see like a Zillow, doc, the DocuSign. Like, you guys ever docu- need to make a sign? DocuSign. Right here. <laughs> DocuSign is absolutely perfect. <laughs> Probably, like their that. building is probably three blocks away from Levi's. That is not a, perfect. Salesforce. Not, not a stock trader, but I did. Having just in the podcast world, we sign a lot. Like the te- Even when tech was going through a weird thing, DocuSign is an incredible company from the sense of everything's going to be signed on your phone and your computer for the, ne- the rest of our lives, right? Yeah. yeah. Beside the occasional, like when DocuSign. you buy the house and they give you that like huge thing and you got to sign all those, sign your, even that, like how much longer are we doing that thing for? Coming down the home stretch. DocuSign's publicly traded. Is that what you're saying? DOCU. Love it. Well, well, it, it obviously had an incredible run, like most people last year came back to Earth. And I, I put in a little cash probably a couple months ago, just like I just don't think DocuSign is going away. This is something that we've used that everyone clearly uses in yeah. the business world and is only gonna continue to corner the market of like we never need to hard copy anything again. You could basically walk the halls of the Niners suite level and just look at all the logos, and one of those logos would be Brock, Brock Purdy's next sponsorship deal. 
It feels like Apple may be a little too big, so you'd have to go kind of the middle tier tech that is still like a bohemian. DocuSign is fucking perfect. Because yeah. <laughs> it, to me, the Niners get these their players, these ads for things that you didn't even know needed to advertise, right? Like Adobe, Acrobat. It's like, why are they advertising? Well, they just had to throw some money at Kittle. DocuSign, yeah. we all already use it. Why are they advertising? Exactly. He's got that coming down the pipe. The for corporate sure. security cameras, Verkata. <laughs> so, yeah, nothing. all the corporations know about this. <laughs> uh, LP says best food spot in Fresno, Doghouse Grill. Um, uh, somebody asked in the chat earlier, any concerns about the defense after this game? I wouldn't. I mean, I, I just think what what you saw is what they are. Like you, you don't. Even say I remember not to bring up Saban again, but he said this a few years ago. Like the days of thirteen to ten college football games are over, right? Defensive coaches have offenses in college. That's why you need an offense in the NFL. I think their defense is has shown to be pretty opportunistic. Like if you play four quarters of both teams throwing the football, they're going to make a few plays on your quarterback, right? If you give them four quarters to do it, which they they did that today. Um, but I also think what. What you know, the secondary, it's just these things are going to against the best receivers. They're going to give up some points and some big plays. It's just going to happen. Well, I don't even think it's just the best receivers. It's probably the best coordinators as well. Right. Like yeah. it, it, I would say this year, we talked a lot about Geno's numbers. Shane Waldron is probably pretty fucking good at his job because there were points and times in this game where they were like doing wildcat stuff. I was like, this is a pretty high level operation. They ran one play on third and five. They ran like this bunch set. The Niners kind of moved off and I'm like, they're just going to run like a quick little curl to lock it in the middle of the other two guys and they did easy first down i just think shane waldron's good at his job who are you going to play next week potentially kevin o'connell you know uh obviously let's just assume you play kevin o'connell then the following week shane steichen who's interviewing for coaching jobs he calls plays now sirianni doesn't sirianni's got this great like ceo gig even though he's a 30 year 38 year old coach we're bizarre deal but it's working howie's idea (laughs) Yeah, kind of his idea because last year they sucked and then they just went to this other guy and ever since Jalen Hurts has oh, become yeah, a star. Yeah. And then obviously, or, or Brian Dayball, you know, Mike Kafka, you just get to the college football playoffs, the conference championship games. You are playing not just the best players, but typically the best scheme guys, right? And like you said about Saban, the sport's kind of offensive now. So the best teams are usually going to have dynamic offensive minds and dynamic offensive players. And the one thing the 49ers just do not have, Ward is a really good player. And for what they needed, it's, he's been phenomenal. I, I wouldn't consider Ward, you know, some six-time pro bowler, right? He's not Richard Sherman in his prime. He's not Revis. He's not Patrick Peterson when he was really sweet when he was young. He's just a really good player. And for the Niners, that's really important. But I, I, you can throw on these guys. And Lenore, God love him. He's doing a great job. But he's he's like an average, you could argue slightly above average NFL corner. Well, what is like a starting NFL corner who's above average? He's going to give up some big plays. He didn't give Besides up. like Deion Sanders and Revis, everyone gets smoked. Yeah. And that was back in the day where it's like every other team had a sweet guy. I would say most teams have. How many teams in the playoffs don't have a sweet guy? Like the Giants? That's probably it. Maybe the Jags. You look around like Brady. The Cowboys, the Eagles, the Bills, the Chiefs, the Bengals, right? The Seahawks. If the Lions had made it, they got a couple dudes. 
It's like the, these teams. Look at the, the the Niners. The Niners. You're just you're facing just offensive weaponry, which is it's just hard. Defense is harder to begin with because you don't know the play. They do, right? It is. It's a difficult thing to do. It's why so many coaches like just play defense, man. There's a ton of money. There aren't as many of you. Most like I want to score touchdowns. But the guys that do go on, ask Ward when his career is over. And you look up, you're like, damn, he made $75 million? Because Ward's probably got another contract in him, right, if he stays healthy. Well, you know that that quote you referenced the other day of the was the Lions GM said, if you change quarterbacks, it's easier to downgrade than to upgrade. Yeah. If you said, like, Mooney Ward, not a shutdown corner, get somebody else. Odds are, what are the odds you downgrade? 90% chance? Well, look at last year. The Niners, yeah, <laughs> 90. I mean, I, how could you upgrade? I don't think you could. Yeah, I mean, you get lucky in the draft, but you have to draft pretty high. You need pet, you know. And even the Niners, like to get Lenore, they like just start drafting dudes and they just kind of let the cream go. Yeah. And last year was like, oh, maybe we got Ambry Thomas. And then Lenore passes him. And does Lenore have a 10 year NFL career? I, I I don't know. If you tell me Lenore just has like three solid years, it's believable. I think for I would say chances are high. He's I think he's more likely a 10 year career than a three year career. I would too. I don't know much about the guy, which. I would guess if he's a 49er, he's got a pretty, you know, pretty high level guy, hardworking, right? Pretty impressive. Yeah. If they like you, like look yep. at the guys they like. You see at the end of the game who Lynch was talking to, Hufunga. <laughs> you see Danny Gray made a tackle on special teams? Uh, I did not. But, like he came down and made the play. On oh, punt. yeah, yeah, on yeah, yeah, yeah. He was yeah, the first yeah. guy there and made the play. They're like, I'm like, six. The hell is six. They clearly hype up Ray Ray, I think, in uh, the production meetings because even Moose was like, they've been saying Ray Ray's about to break one. <laughs> you know, I, I think that he's just one of those guys that that I can imagine. You know, early on in the season, you're like, what do we got here? And by the end of the season, like, God, I'm really I, – I don't remember doing a 180 on a role player. Just like I feel very comfortable even on a punt when it was raining, like he can catch it. I, I feel pretty good about him. Yeah. I, I don't know if I'm as close to like Kyle – and the people telling the broadcast crew is like he's close to breaking one, but I do feel good about him being your starting punt return for a team trying to make Super Bowl. How about when when uh, Ayuk had a catch and and they go to the replay and uh, Moose is like, uh, they got Danny Gray here on the outside. He's going deep and clearing it out. <laughs> like, what, they're running with Danny Gray? What on film has told him to do that? But obviously, I mean, they played. He played in a playoff game today, so they clearly like. I mean, we talked to John Lynch and Camp, and he told us they liked him, but. They clearly like him enough that he's active. They respect him as a special teamer, right? I would say it's a pretty good sign on it for him that he's not just buried. Like a- Ambry is a- Ambry Thomas. Well, I guess he's hurt, but not active. Um, but I'd say it's a pretty good sign for Danny Gray that he dressed for the playoffs and played. Agreed. Agreed. Well, like it's always funny seeing Jimmy Garoppolo inactive. Like Ty Davis Price, clearly, like yeah. he's well down the depth chart. Right, it, it takes injuries. It takes weird things happening stack for him to get stack position, but it's it's very difficult. Uh, Drake Jackson now a couple straight games has not dressed. Ultimately, is not going to matter this year. But when someone tagged us in their list of free agents, like Ebacam, who clearly is an impactful guy for them, right? And if you're going to rotate some of these defensive linemen as they have now a couple years running. I would say the, the one thing, big picture, they'll talk about this offseason, we need a big offseason from Drake Jackson. We need him to become, at minimum, a solid rotation guy. He's too talented not to. Rookie year, tough, good team, no issue. But wouldn't you, ima- wouldn't you imagine that they're going to be all over Drake Jackson this offseason to like take a fucking get focused 
We're going to yeah, who's a free agent too. Yeah, so you're going to lose both those two guys, potentially. 94 and 56. I look up 94 and 56 play a shitload. And you're losing and the, you're, you're losing a linebacker, Al Shire probably. Yeah, I think he's gone. Which, you know, it's kind of nice to have him because Greenlaw, God love him, but he does kind of go down a lot. He came back today. I did think the time he went down today, I think it was one of those. He's hurt. He realizes I'm putting my defense at a disadvantage if I try to get off the field now. It's a free one to just go down and then walk off the field once they stop the game. I did wonder if that's what was going on there. You just your team's at disadvantage. They got a sub as you limp off the field. I think the worst play in football. If you're uh, another pick for Trevor Lawrence, <laughs> he's got four picks. That's only the first half. I mean, it was Brennan Staley and get fired tonight. Is that <laughs> when two of your own players run into each other and they're both lying on the ground? That happened. Yeah. Fred shook it off. They had both. The Niners had a lot of like shake offs today. I I didn't. I was kind of mad at Joe Davis. Like Joe, you don't understand the amount of guys that have been hurt on this team the last five years. When a guy when when Alf stops and whistles are blowing in the background, and you kind of transition to the commercial, and you don't tell me what's going on. I assume it's like. Well, and they played the, the they played the sad music too. I don't know if you <laughs> caught that that time. They played the just the regular like low key Fox music. I immediately went to Twitter because I knew the reporters, seventeen people, and it was like a Seahawks offensive lineman. It was a center. Oh. The center. I was like, oh thank God. But when you don't get an announcement and they kind of do that transition and they go to commercial, do you always assume it's a Niner? Because I do. Uh, yeah, I do. I think Joe must not have. You know, it must have been like, all right, got to go five, four. You just don't have time or you don't know what's going on. So I'm, I'm going to get out and we'll clean it up later. But I'm with you. It's, it's a scarred. scarred bunch. If you've watched enough yeah, Niner games, bunch. you assume like, is Nick Bosa laying well, on the ground right now? Well, my thought when Greenlaw went down was, of course, somebody you can't be healthy. Everybody can't be healthy forever. I hate being this guy. Mm-hmm. But you just, uh, thank God it's not him. You know, almost well, like it's cool that it's the other guy on the ground. After, after. Last week, when they're like, Kyle, how's it feel to be healthy? He's like, Oh, it feels good. Well, Flanagan Fowles does have a neck, <laughs> but otherwise, it feels good. You know, it's just kind of tough. You, you're happy, but obviously, somebody got hurt. You're not thrilled about it. But multiple people have asked, depending on when you listen to this, uh, who, who's who's the Niners' best matchup? Ryan asked, and uh, Jordan asked, Vikings, Cowboys, or Bucks? Or who do you want the least, Vikings, Cowboys, or Bucks? I'm cool with any of them. To be honest with you, I I I would take my chances with Kirk Cousins. I, I, I think, think the thing that would be a little, uh, yeah, I'm with you. I think the thing would be a little spooky. You know, you've you should be able to beat Tampa. if Tampa beats Dallas. No, the one thing you would need the Giants to upset Minnesota. You would need the Giants to upset, but you know that'd be playing a team who ended up playing. You play Saturday, they play Monday. It's a pretty big disadvantage for if if the Giants win and the Niners end up playing the Monday night winner. Game would be a lock then Sunday, obviously. Game would be a lock Sunday, but still, I mean, you've had two extra days, no matter what day they put that thing. Well, I guess one full day off, but you will be in day two. Basically two, because they play at night. Well, Niners will get Sunday off and then practice, you know. Well, Kyle likes diving into the tape, win or lose. Then maybe take Monday off. (laughs) But, I mean, that's a pretty big advantage if the Giants win for the 49ers over whoever they get, whoever they would get Monday. I agree. So if what you game just look would at feel, what game would feel the coolest? I mean, Dallas, it's just the Cowboys Niners is always big. 
I think Dallas would feel pretty sweet. You think I, the Bucks game would feel cooler than the Vikings game, even though they're not, they're kind of just more of a logo this year? I, you know, we kind of saw that song and dance and it wasn't great. You know, it's funny. I, my buddy who uh, is up in Seattle, I texted him the last time they played the Seahawks. I was like, you know, what, what's going to happen? And uh, he correctly predicted because he, that was the, he said the Niners are going to clap those cheeks. <laughs> so I texted him this morning. I'm like, what do you think happens tonight? He's like, Niners going to clap those cheeks. Today was much more of a clap, uh, cheek clapping than the last one. Uh, yeah. The, the, yeah. Second, the second half, at least. The, the last one was a, yeah, the score did not reflect that it was a little bit. I, I don't know if the Jags know this is the playoffs guy. <laughs> they, they just fumbled the punt. They're about to go down 31 to nothing. This is, someone want to tell Trevor Lawrence and Doug, like, this game kind of matters, bulky. I, I kind of wanted, I, I was Did you see what just happened? Yes. <laughs> this thing is. But it wasn't the returner that it hit. It just hit one of the blockers in the face. Oh, you're right. That was, for, okay. <laughs> Hard to blame them as much. This is, would you say this is one of the games from hell? If you're just a team, everything's going wrong. And obviously you are, I mean, you're barely there, but it's just, you get your opportunity. You're hoping just for a admirable showing and you look up and you're down 31, nothing at half. What uh yeah, so it's 24. Let's see, what are Herbert's numbers here at the ha- at right now? 14 of 20, 130 a touchdown. I mean, he's Trevor Lawrence, four of sixteen with four picks. One did hit a defensive lineman's head and bounce, but the other ones were hitting guys in stride. This is it's like the national championship game. I love the halftime interview with Sonny Dykes. If I would have told you at the beginning of the day, Trevor Lawrence and Brock Purdy, I just gave you the two stat lines. Would you have been like, oh, my God, could this get weird for Brock Purdy? Or would you have been confident enough? Like, you know, Trevor Lawrence could throw four picks. No, I, I wouldn't have known who was who. I don't think. I sure, wouldn't have. It's, because part of it is like if, if Brock's their quarterback for 10 years, he'll have a game with he throws three picks. Like, just bound. you play football long enough, it's, you're bound to have a terrible half or something. Um, Remember Brady had the game where Albert Brewer asked Belichick, is it time to go to the backup when they were 2-2 two and two against the Chiefs? And and everyone wrote the Patriots off. No, was that off. a Thursday night game? Thursday. It might have been Monday night game because Dilfer was on the sideline and okay. Dilfer like put the nail in the coffin, you know, on the sin next to Dave Young. Like, it's over. The dynasty's done. And they went on to, I think, win like 10 of 11 and win the Super Bowl. Uh, I do remember that year, yes. Trevor does have flowy hair, though. I'll give him that. Brandon Staley, uh, who they got next? Uh, they would have, if they win this game, who plays tomorrow? If the if the Bills win, I don't know. So, you know, it depends who yeah, else wins. Bill, so the, the 10 a.m. game is Bills-Dolphins, by the way. If the Bills win and the Bengals win, I think Chiefs Chargers are a pretty fantastic second-round game. Did you see the Sammy Watkins quotes? Is he on the Ravens right now? Got to be, right? I think that's why it's kind of crazy, because it's one of his teammates. Someone, oh, the Kosh forwarded me. A Barstool guy wrote in a Barstool blog that knows some people with the Ravens. He's like, I've, I've, and he's like, I've had a source there, and I've known things before, and this guy's never steered me wrong. They're like, Lamar doesn't show up to rehab, and Kind of like Lamar's just kind of been weird. Interesting. 
But then there was did you, did you forwarded me a tweet or someone forwarded me a tweet today that they were still all in on extending him? Wasn't me. I don't know. It's clearly gotten weird. Which welcome to like when people don't get paid in any business, things get weird. But you just played paid Roquan. Yeah, but he's way cheaper. Uh, Daniel on the stream says Asante Samuel Jr. has more catches than any Jaguar. <laughs> Does he have two picks? How many picks does he have? Well, that's a good question. Well, I uh, know he has three. He has three picks. If I if I would have told you one game's thirty one nothing at half, and the other game seventeen to sixteen, you would have reversed them. I would have said the Niners were up thirty one to nothing at half. Yeah, shows you, man. Sports, you never know what's coming. All right, everybody. Thanks for hanging with us. Um, we'll wait and see who the Niners' opponent is. They move on. Never a doubt. Coming up Monday, would the 49ers trade Brock Purdy straight up for Trevor Lawrence? We dive in. Jack the Niners. I think the Niners. It's back to back Uh, bad games for Trevor. uh, Hey, John Lynch. uh, It's uh, it's Paul here. You know, Doug doesn't want me calling you, but shit, I don't (laughs) listen to Doug. (laughs) All right, everybody. Thanks for hanging with us. Have a great weekend, Saturday night. Check out the podcast down in the description below on the YouTube. Check out the YouTube and the podcast. And um, holla at your boys. Adios. Later. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for two forty nine dollars a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.